Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki Season 2 is... Marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. You are listening to Habs and Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to a hockey season. And it's hockey in July. You're listening to me, Patrick Bexel, and uh, Anton Rasegård early the day after the first game of the pre-post-season series. Welcome to the pod, Anton. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a late night for the both of us, staying up and watching uh, at least parts of the exhibition game to uh, to just see if we can see any improvements or or anything that uh, looks uh, slightly disapproving um, in uh, regards to the play in series against Pittsburgh that starts now uh, in August. Yeah, it really was. A, I mean, like it was evident from from puck drop more or less that it was an exhibition game it was even more evident maybe before puck drop when Montreal turned the wrong corner and has Montreal really turned the wrong corner on the ice as well not just leading in to the old garden yeah it was so typical as well I mean obviously we've all been longing for some kind of hockey season to start again and then we get it and then it's half a minute into the game and the Leafs are up by one nothing and it just like just feel like every bit of energy just running out of you instantly and just like why have I been longing for this yeah but, and for yeah. us in Europe staying up late obviously it was a huge disappointment um, yeah. and the whole play for that really was a, a a symphony of errors in a way. It started with Charo uh, uh, pinching, and I had no problem with that. Uh, Gallagher was supposed to take his spot, um, and the puck broke the other way. Uh, Gallagher wasn't really trying that hard, it seemed, for once. <clears throat> and then, obviously, um, Weber didn't seem to to take the challenge on as he would in a normal NHL game. And I think part of it was that you don't want to get injured right now. so. You were a little bit lax. It was the first minute of, of hockey in four or five months. It, 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 it's understandable. Still, it was a lot uh, of, of disappointment looking at that and, and tearing my hair out, hair out, of course. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Like, if you're 35 years old um, or if you're a, an older player, you don't want to risk anything before going into a what could potentially be um, a series that will last for a couple of months. Uh, 
or like a playoff that will last for a couple of months. Obviously, in this exhibition game, it's more about getting back on the ice and just trying to find lanes and trying to find some kind of some kind of positive to build around. Uh, but at the same time, like Toronto is in the, exactly the same situation, and I would be happier today if I was a Leafs fan than uh, being a Canadiens fan. And let's all remember anyway that you have to go through the Bruins and Tampa to, to get through the big game anyway. So, yeah, uh, some yeah, of the best teams exactly. didn't even play uh, last night. Um, talking about other teams playing, did you catch the, the Pittsburgh game? Uh, no, I didn't. Can you? Uh, did you see anything of it? I, I uh, had it on in the background, but it, it yep. really did seem like a uh, they, they struggled with much the same way. The, the fact is that they have two superstars that can switch on and you don't just know when they will but it will be an interesting series in, in many ways and uh, unfortunately I think it will come down to the special teams and as of last night it was a struggling for, for a struggle for Montreal and we did see the the typical first minute goal against the last minute goal against and of course because it is the Montreal Canadiens that I've gotten to hate in some ways uh, and it's the power kill it's it just kills off everything and yesterday uh, they actually killed off their own game by by letting in two shorthanded goals out of five power play opportunities and they scored none obviously uh, one goal came directly after uh, the person came back onto the ice from the Sinbin I think but but it it really really was uh, a crappy power play again. Yeah, it was. It was uh, very lacking in. Uh, it was very lackluster, and there was no imagination. And you just kind of wonder what they are actually practicing when it comes to uh, special teams, because it feels like it's been looking like this for so long now. And with Claude Julien running the ship, you just feel like he would be able to just put in. Some new, uh, some new ideas. Like especially when you've had four months to just think through what you're gonna do when hockey season starts up again. Hopefully, it was just because it was an exhibition game, and as you say, no one wants to risk anything. But it just, it just, it can't have created a lot of hope for the roster uh, going into the Pittsburgh series. No, and and this really is a problem. It, it, it I was tweeting Conor McKenna and and uh, uh, Namiko Hitsutsubachi yesterday during the game, and and we were mentioning. I said like the power play hasn't really been good in in about what eight years since I started staying up watching the games, but but there there's been a few seasons where it has been good. Uh, it just feels that every time I stay up, I'm disappointed with the power play. It used to, when I lived in London, I used to go out to the kitchen and get me another beer because I know nothing would happen anyway. Uh, but but it's it really is a problem with the power play, and there are no new ideas. And they're struggling getting a zone, a controlled zone entry. They're struggling to set up the play. Um, it that there are no new ideas. There, it can also be the fact that. With all the teams being in the bubble, everyone watches everything more intense. Everything rides on everything. You actually, like, you don't want to get injured, but you also don't want to reveal anything new that you have up your sleeve. So, so there, there might be that, but it really looked unhinged last night. Yeah, at least the, your way of looking at it sounds more positive. So I think we should go with that. So at least we will have some hope going into the play-in series. Yeah, because 
It, it, it will come down to, to the power plays and yeah. um, it seemed, well, I think it was the second power play goal where um, Toronto actually came uh, four against two and it was Weber and Tatar uh, defending and obviously every time you have a uh, forward defending in that situation you, you, you're going to get beat and, and obviously they overwhelmed Tatar on his side and, and uh, it was an easy tap in on his own rebound to, to get by Price. Um, I think Price did well to save the first goal, uh, first opportunity, but obviously no one was there to take away the, the rebound. Yeah, and uh, like especially you can understand that it may be difficult to create goals in a power play when you haven't played a game for, for a long time, but at least creating some amount of pressure and especially not letting in goals when you're one man up. Um, that's just something that every junior team would would be able to do so so let's hope it was just a mishap last night and that we will see some new ideas going into the pittsburgh series the positive thing was really that when we saw something happening on the power play or or uh, in offensive zone in general it was two youngsters that really brought forward the the pressure and uh yes we caught kanyemi and especially the 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 pass from nick suzuki to uh tatar was it uh, in order for the first Montreal goal, it, it was incredible to see. And um, these two youngsters leading the team offensively in many ways, uh, that bodes well for the future. And, and they are in some ways going to get playoff experience in NHL this year, even if it's going to be a weird playoff experience, they're going to have something to build upon for the future. Yeah, all hail the young guns. It was very nice to see that Jesperi Kotkaniemi seems to have gained some uh, confidence during his stint in the AHL. He looks more, at least, like uh, the Kotkaniemi from his rookie season than he uh, than he does the Kotkaniemi from his sophomore season, uh, which is uh, pleasant to see because obviously now yesterday we had Max Domi starting as the center of what would be the fourth line. And just having the ability to have four centers who can actually contribute on offense, uh, it's nice. Just going into yeah any kind of series and and like go, looking forward to the next season as well. Um, obviously, we have Ryan Paling sitting on um, well, he was sitting at the sidelines yesterday as well. It was an alternative going into uh, going into a more of a checking role if you want that kind of fourth line uh, center but uh, no it was just nice to see the both Suzuki and and Kotkaniemi play and to see that uh, they are uh, players with the great imagination and uh, they can create uh, something with their vision a lot of talk has been uh, has been around Kotkaniemi's uh, skating uh, did you see any improvements did you see any thoughts do you have your own thoughts about it not really, but I know that you and uh, David had a discussion about it. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, um, obviously David is a better evaluator of, of the skating in, in many ways, and he's promised uh, uh, an article later on in, in taking a closer look into Jesper Kotkaniemi's skating technique. Um, obviously, comparing him to... We're never going to compare him to Jesse Ullinen, because Ullinen is one of the best technical skaters of the game, and, and you're all going to be able to see that later on if, um, when, when he joins the AHL and when he's being brought up to, to the NHL. 
but he's worked on it from day one as, as he mentioned it to an interview with me that I used to be a bad skater so I worked so hard on it but but he has really found his own technical way and, and very good technical way to get out there um, I've spoken to Scout as I mentioned before that no one thought really that Karkanima would make the, the NHL the first year out of his draft because his skating was that bad uh, he's worked on the skating and, and he seems to have gained a little bit more power uh, but he doesn't seem to be getting it out into the skate properly or onto the ice properly. A little bit like um, Lekkonen struggled with when he joined Frelandan. He worked for two years, I think it took for him to really accelerate into to that skater that he can be. Um, I think the balance is, is a bit off. I think that has to do with muscle mass. He's uh, moved the muscle, uh, the, the central point a little bit too high. Hopefully that comes down a little bit and he, he becomes better. Uh, David says that not much has changed. He looks more confident and that has changed, but in some ways it hasn't really changed that much. And it can be that on um, on the training ice, that where there's more open space, he is more confident and you can tell the difference there. But when there are other players trying to interrupt your own style and trying to interrupt your own play, you, you, you're going to struggle much more and this is where we like this is the exam really and it will be very interesting to see Jesperi going forward if he can bring in that extra power into his stride and, or, or if he just has built up a little bit more muscle and, and can get that out on the, on, on, on the surface when there are no opponents around. Yeah, we have to remember as well Jesperi turned 20 earlier this month um, he's still extremely young and he's still ahead of most of the projections where he would be after two years, well, two years post his draft. Um, so just the fact that he built himself up with a lot of more muscles before this season um, started and he was very slight, slight built before. So that was necessary. And I think it takes, uh, you know, at least a year to like grow into that new body when you're that young uh, and just get comfortable with how you're supposed to move. And as you said, skating was never his forte even before. So I think it will take 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 some more time and hopefully just having someone, as you say, like like Jesse uh, there uh, close by and, and a guy like Lekkonen, as you say as well, who had actually proven that it's possible to improve your skating uh, even after your draft um that that is something that i think will will benefit Jesperi and just uh, getting some useful tips on how he can because now obviously he has the body uh, so now it's just about getting that power down into the legs and 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 his skating ability will hopefully improve yeah and let's face it we already mentioned that he is one of the positives that we take away from this game and uh David had a, and if you don't follow David San Louis on, on Twitter, uh, or make sure to read his articles on, on Eyes on the Prize, but he's really, really a great guy for, for those technical evaluations and evaluations of prospect in general. And uh, he, he tweeted out just after the game yesterday that uh, Jesper Kotkanim has been one of the best, uh, has been the best passer on the Habs this game. He's opening lanes, he's threading pucks through and over opponents easily. He looks very much confident. And I think this is. We don't need to take that. Of course, we're going to be high 
on on Jesperi, and we 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 really like his pick, and we think he will be an impact player. But that doesn't mean that you know he has all the tools in the box ready to go. He needs to work on them, and that's part of being a uh, professional in whatever profession you're working in. You you always have to strive to get better. Uh, if you're a teacher, if you're a nurse, if you're uh, a doctor, you you want to improve. Um, even if you're a plumber, you kind of need to find some new ways, and you, you you can start making different approaches to different things. And and this is what hockey players will have to do. And as you say, Jesper is twenty; he has yeah, I, everything, every chance to improve further. Yeah, I think as well. I mean, in in the hockey that we see today in 2020, uh, skating has become so important because the game is so fast. So that like, if you don't have skating as a strength uh you certainly don't want it as a weakness because you won't be able to keep up on the nhl level but if it's not your strength you have to just compensate it with endless amounts of playmaking ability and vision and just being so much quicker uh thinking wise uh, than other players and i remember when suzuki came over last year uh kind of the same talk was going around about him that you know skating was never his real strength uh but he has shown on the nhl level this season that just by being very quick when it comes to reading both opponents and and his own players uh his own teammates and just having that kind of vision that we saw last night when he just served tatar to an easy tap in uh that if you just improve your skating so that it becomes average then you can use your strengths and be an impact player in the nhl um so that is probably the way that kotkaniemi will be uh an impact nhl player just by having an average skating ability but by being smart and by being in the right place and being able to use his playmaking ability and vision yeah, and and he he re, that's where he excels. Th- those are the areas that that made him go third in the draft, and um, his hockey IQ is very very high, and and that's going to benefit him in many ways. And that's probably why he hasn't really had to work on his skating because he's been uh, so smart on the ice through the ages that he hasn't really had to skate that much. Um, looking back, we mentioned uh, at the start of the pod that uh, you really didn't want to get injured. Uh, this uh, in this game, and obviously Montreal comes away with an injury. Uh, Belsil uh, got hit hard, um, got a penalty ag- against him, obviously. Uh, but he, it, it looked really like a, he, he did the squinting thing directly after, and it looked like it could have been a head injury uh, and a concussion. Uh, hopefully, it isn't that. But but that's one man down. Yeah, it's unfortunate as well. I kind of wanted Belsil to get a chance in these in this playing series just for his grit, and I, I think he would be a player who would just um, he would like this kind of format with just a playoff series. I think he is one of those players that would excel in that kind of environment. So it's unfortunate that he probably won't get a chance to play now um, because he's he's quite unique in that regard in the Montreal roster of today. Yeah, and it, it, it opens up that fourth line that maybe was a little bit of a, a uh, there, where there was something to play for. And right now, it, the, the roster looks really set, and that 
I don't know if that's good or bad because obviously it makes people more relaxed and they can probably perform better in that way. In another way, there is no competition and, and you, you, you become a little bit stale. So, so there are pros and cons with both of these sides. I would have loved to see him. I'm not sure that I, I, I love Dale Louise and, and I remember the playoff goals and, and his mm. uh, impact against the Bruins. But that was he, a long time ago. That was a long time ago, as you say, Anton. And, and I think that in many ways, uh, you can't live in the past. Unfortunately, if, if, if it was that Dale Louise that Belsil was up against, I wouldn't have any problems with Dale Louise. But, but right now, I'm not sure that what I saw yesterday really brought anything forward for me to think that he would be a, a special player in this playoff series. No, and I feel as well that if you have a chance to, if you're going to play a fourth line where Max Dome is going to be the center, then at least let Ryan Paling play on his side so that he gets valuable experience because I don't think that Dale Weiss contributes that much defensively so that it's worth it. Um, but that's just my thing. And better than to just, if you're going to play Charles Houdon as well, who is not a fourth, a classic fourth line player, we've seen that so many times before, then make the fourth line a more of a scoring line instead um, and have Paling and Houdon on the sides. Yeah, and uh, if, if you roll four lines, which Claude Julian always seems to be wanting to do, it's not bad to have a forward line that can put in a goal every now and then either. Uh, and and that is more of an even distributed line and with, with a shooter and a passer and, and a playmaker. You, you, you really want that in a way because it creates that opportunity to maybe go after the other team's fourth line with something else than your first line. So, so the uh, line change doesn't become so much of an impact to the game. No, exactly. And since it is now, it's just win or disappear mode. And then you like since Montreal doesn't have many true scorers or like high profile players, we don't have a Crosby or a Malkin. Um, so we need to distribute the um, the burden on as many guys as possible. And if you can have four lines contributing offensively, now that we don't have a Nate Thompson who can just win face-offs and, and just be a really good two-way uh, defensive uh, center, just go for trying to outscore the opponents instead with four lines and endless uh, speed and power. Yeah, and and that really is something that, that we'll look forward to. The playoff series starts in four days, I think it is. And uh, it would be very interesting because obviously, as we already mentioned, Pittsburgh Penguins didn't really have one of the best games yesterday when they lost to uh, Flyers in overtime. Um, by the way, did you see that great ad, uh, the board that um, Philadelphia bought with the gritty on it? No. Uh, uh, you can. It's Gritty's eyes, and and then every uh, pass you make, every shot you take, I'll be watching you. And <laughs> <laughs> it was a troll job that was amazingly done. And obviously, you can see it from the hotel. It's. Uh, I think this is the kind of, of thing you want to see, and maybe more teams can do this uh, in order to to stir up a little bit, little bit of competition. Now that the fans can't really be in there and 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 get the passion going, you have to try anyway. Uh, I I think this was a brilliant move, and and. Uh, Hopefully, 
I think more more teams will do that. One thing we have to mention as well was the Bears Cree name uh, last night that actually had it in in the Cree um, alphabet or, or syllables. Uh, a great thing to see uh, another way of, of showing up the, the diversity that is in the NHL. Um, it's not as big as maybe we want, but it's it's make sure to, to showcase when there is a diversity and when there is success stories. And, and uh, I love the fact that I don't even know how to pronounce that, but it looks amazing. And I think in some ways I wouldn't mind to see um, the Russians coming over with Cyrillic uh, letters on, on the jersey once in a blue moon, just to showcase that this is this is what my name really looks like. Yeah, exactly. And just showing that there are many different cultures who actually play the game of hockey. Indeed, it, it really is. And it will hopefully only get bigger and bigger and uh, make an impact because the, the, the more players that play hockey, the better the game itself will be. We're looking forward to um, the Pittsburgh series. There will be another pod this week uh, coming out. I'm not sure who's going to be on it, but it will probably not be the Swedes because you're tired of hearing our voices right now after this summer where we've been talking about whatever we can come up with. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Anton, for, for, for being uh, a guest and a host on this show again. As always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Um, Enjoyed the last few days of, of uh, before the play-in play starts, or the wildcard games, or whatever we're going to call it. Um, let's just call it playoffs. Yeah, the playoffs are here. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit